on this episode of Why Watch That. I'm going to tell you this. If the government or people with a lot of money want your land and they want to grossly overpay for it, you might want to take it and run. Because if you don't, you can imagine what they could do. Do not follow what Reggie was doing. Don't do it. See, this is stuff, if you like romance novels, I get it. You're reading this and you're maybe swooning, but this is ridiculous. If somebody did that in front of you, you would laugh. We'd be listening to be like, why is this like a jazz saxophone playing? Uh, <laughs> it's your birthday by 50 cents. It's hilarious. If I'm darting my eyes, why? Maybe I see something. It can't be dart around and act crazy just to do it. Common mistake. I was looking at this like, oh my gosh. Like if we were in acting class, the teacher would go, hold on. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome to Why Watch That. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. A why watch that sneak peek. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Why Watch That. So, Critic, how are you doing today? We're going to find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's always, that's always fun. All right, guys. It's early. We recorded early for me. This is like. Right. This is early for you. It is. You're all right. (laughs) This is is like my midday-ish Yes. <laughs> it's yes. definitely early for you. Yes. <laughs> you, you got this, Frederick. This is in your bones. Yeah, it'll be okay. All right. Yeah, it's cool. So we are, um, guys, we're going to cover a couple of things. See, I'm supposed to be working out right now, producer. This is workout time. Oh, workout time. Okay. So now we're just going to work out your work out your thoughts, get the brain working out. Look at and you transitioning. We'll look at that. Look at the body <laughs> <laughs> later on in the day. <laughs> so we're going to, uh, guys, it's, South by Southwest is actually over. We're done. We're South by Southwest. Um, yes. But yeah, well, well, also in addition to talking about being done with South by Southwest, we're going to cover a couple of uh, TV sneak peeks. Uh, a couple of things are coming back. And um, and we're also going to touch base on the good old Oscars. Oh, no. 
yeah, so that's going to be fun. All right, so we're going to jump right in with our TV sneak peeks. And our first TV sneak peek is uh, called Pachinko. Pachinko is a TV show um, premiering on Apple TV+. Plus. It is starring Young Young Ji, Lee Min Ho, um, Mina Kim, Jin Ha, and a whole bunch of people. If we haven't realized by now, this is um, is an Asian cast. And the critic is going to dig a little deeper into exactly what this is about and who should be watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at you going into the names. I was like, let me hear, let me hear what the producer says with these names. <laughs> All right, and and Pachinko is based on uh, an acclaimed book. It's been on my list to read. It's still on it. <laughs> you know, I will get around to it. That, that list is so long. But when it comes, and by the way, it comes to Apple TV Plus on Friday, March twenty fifth. So here we go, everybody. You got two major timelines. The events in the 30s, specifically 1931, and events in 1989. So we're spanning over 50 years, and it's focused on a Korean family. Now, this Korean family went from Korea to Japan. How did that happen? Now, remember, this is going to be around World War II, that time period and when Koreans went to Japan how were they treated you can imagine also in Korea there was like Japanese occupation all of that kind of stuff so they had to do certain things with their own products that would be you know preferred by Japanese people the Japanese would get it not the Koreans you know that whole kind of thing so that's living in the backdrop of this and even in the foreground and what we have in the center of the story is Sun Jaya, who in the 80s is played by Yoon Ju Jung, who won the Oscar for Minari, Best Supporting Actress. So this is really her family. And early on, we see her mother. Her mother comes to, who is this person? You'll find out. And says, hey, essentially, I can't, you know, I haven't had a baby yet. I need to have a baby for my husband. He deserves it. Can you do something for me? Of course, she has this baby. Why? Was this so important? And what's going on with this husband? Now, the husband is Sunjaya's father. And of course, that's her mother. And the husband dotes on his daughter. But something happens. Daughter, mother, they have to carry on. Why? What happened? And they have this boarding house. That's what the family has. So people come and stay and they feed them and house them and that kind of thing. That's how they make their money. Now, along the way, someone comes back from Japan, a Korean, but he's made it in Japan. And he rules like the fish market all by where they sell things, by the water, all of that. And he ain't playing. And his name is Kohansu played by Lee Min Ho. Now, he sees Sunjaya. What does he see when he sees Sunjaya? Something happens. And it's something that affects the family. What is it? I mean, this guy is tough. You really got to watch out. Now, certain events occur. 
And what happens is this family encounters a pastor, a Christian pastor. He is Korean. He comes from the North. His family had money. He's going to Japan. Who goes with him? Why? In what circumstance? Hmm. And then we see the family progress and progress and progress. Because when someone gets to Japan, a rude awakening is in the offing. Their family obligations. There's also the challenge of being in Japan. You don't know the language. You're treated like scum. Now, well, of course, when it comes to these kinds of stories, there's a resistance. There's always a resistance. Who? is resisting. Whom? Now in the 80s, back to 1989, we have Solomon, who is Sunjaya's grandson. Now he has been working in the States and he's all about getting his money. Okay. So there is this land deal that if he can get to happen, he's going to rise up. Like he might be a vice president already, or that's where he's going. He, where high in the ranks, and he tells the people in America, "I can get this done." Now he has to go back. Okay, he has to go back to Japan to get this done. He's like, "Send me there, but if I get this done, you have to do this, this, and this for me." Okay, so he comes back to Japan, where his grandmother is, where his father is. He was the only one in America from the family. And he's going to get this done. Now, at the Japanese branch, there is an American man there, played by Jimmy Simpson. And uh, oh, by the way, Solomon is played by Jin Ha. So, Jimmy Simpson's character, why is he there? He's the only white man here representing the firm. That doesn't just happen. And there is a Japanese woman working there as well. Why is she working there? She was like a, in the top school. She was courted by all of these companies. Why did she choose this one? Because she tells Solomon what the real deal is about the company in Japan, not how they're viewed in America, how they're viewed in Japan and how certain people are there for certain reasons. Now, Solomon has got to go to a woman who immigrated from Korea to Japan. She's sitting on this land. They need it for a deal. If they get it, it this is huge. And they're going to give this woman a whole bunch of money. Why in the world would she say no? I mean, why does she need to be convinced? That's, I mean, <laughs> what's going on? And I'm going to tell you this. If the government or people with a lot of money want your land and they want to grossly overpay for it, you might want to take it and run. Because if you don't, you can imagine what they could do. But Solomon has a plan. He has his grandmother. Now, when it comes to the title, Pachinko, his father has opened up Pachinko. I don't know what they call them, like parlors or whatever it is. Pachinko for us in the States, it's like a slot machine. That's really what it is. So you go there, you play Pachinko. It's gambling, that kind of thing. And who's involved in that? Who's involved in gambling? What kind of people? So what's going on with Solomon's daddy? And there was a scandal that was involved with someone who's connected to this and connected to Pachinko in a certain way. I won't give that away. Now, 
While Solomon is back in Japan, someone from his past comes a calling. Who is this person? It stops him short. He almost can't breathe when he hears this person on the phone. Will they threaten to derail the whole thing? Now, with that said, I talked about producer not too long ago, the return of my brilliant friend. Based on, you know, a series of novels that it's like literature in motion, that kind of thing. Here we go again with Pachinko based on a novel, which is literature, right? Do they, is it effective in the same way? Before I get to that, just know there are subtitles. They speak what they're supposed to speak when they're supposed to speak it. But what's cool about it is you get Korean and Japanese and in the subtitling, they have different colors. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Now you have to, so just be careful. At first they'll tell you, but they won't continue. So you got to pay attention. So like blue is Japanese and the the like yellow orangish color is Korean. And occasionally they speak English as well. So just know that's happening. Also, this was uh, half of the episodes were directed by Koganada, who directed After Yang, which we um, reviewed at Sundance, which starred Colin Farrell and a whole bunch of other people. So his aesthetic is high. I'll put it that way. High filmmaking. Now, it can be kind of slow and, you know, floaty, that kind of thing, but beautiful. Justin Cho is the other director. So it's just the two of them. And what I will say is they've accomplished something here. They have accomplished something. It does, is it literature motion? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, for a lot of people watching TV, you might need to be patient, but it is worth it. I was with them the whole time. I wanted to know who were these people. It all made sense. They didn't do nonsense where we're in the 30s, but people are acting like they're right now. I hate that. I'm so sick and tired of it. They didn't do it. It all made sense. They obeyed the characters. They obeyed the time and place. It looks immaculate. The way it is filmed, the camera's always in the right place. And as you go through the episodes, it builds and builds and builds and ha- and you go, oh, oh, this is where this came from. Because there are holes in the story and they fill them in with the two timelines. I was never in a timeline going, take me back to that one or take me back to this one. Like, the way this was pieced together is it i mean i don't even know what else to say about it now before i started watching this because reviews have come out earlier earlier than ours which is still before its premieres it producer has a 93 the last time i checked on metacritic i was like 93 really metacritic go, goes wow. up to 100 okay 93 is like this is one of the best things ever <laughs> yes i was like okay let me, wait a minute I think it earns the 93. I mean, look, I think it earns it. I will be interested to see what they do in a second season if they have one, because they didn't say it's limited. And the way it ends, you go, oh, they could keep going. I don't know how far they've gone in the books or the book, I should say. But I'm going to tell you all this. Apple TV Plus is coming. They are coming. Severance earlier this year. I thought that was great. This is another one. We already know Ted Lasso, the breakthrough. We know Coda is nominated for the Oscars. Y'all better watch out. I mean, I don't know when they're going to really get here and just be, you know, at the top. I see it. And I can't talk about everything because some of it's under embargo. 
but they are very serious over there at Apple with this. So I have my eye on them. I'm very interested. What they're starting to build is what I wish AMC, the network, was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. What do you think, producer? Would you check out Pachinko? If I felt like reading subtitles, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the but story it, it, sounds mm-hmm. interesting, but I would have to like really like be in a mindset to read subtitles. Exactly. And you know, I we don't spoil, so like yeah. it's a <laughs> lot going on. Uh-huh. Um and but it is worth reading. Okay. It is worth reading. It definitely, yeah. I agree. It definitely sounds like a worthwhile read. Yeah. Sure. I mean, even the subtitles, they're worth. Oh, got it. Yeah. I was saying, but the, the description makes me want to also read the book. I see why it's on yes. the list. <laughs> yes. 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 Got it. Okay, cool. All right. So um, next on our list, coming to us from Netflix, um, season two of uh, Bridgerton. Everybody love this, this series. Um, it's coming Who's everybody? That the world that blew up the world the world <laughs> the interwebs they yeah, okay. love the bridgerton okay mm-hmm. there's even parties and events based off of this that mean the world loves it I lo- you I know love. just because a lot of people like something doesn't mean the world likes it <laughs> they figured out how to monetize so i'll tell you that so yeah, of course <laughs> february march 25th this also um premieres well, comes back the same day as uh the one we just mentioned. This is yeah. Shonda Rhimes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Shonda Rhimes starring Phoebe Denovor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Nicola Coughlin, Jonathan Bailey, and a whole bunch of other people. Joe Julia Andrews. Uh, yeah, Bridgerton. The 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 yes. Wonderful breakout <laughs> period piece. <laughs> Critic, <laughs> Phil, I said, "Oh, what do you think about these the, the, the season so far?" I finished this. Oh, so I finished Pachinko. I've seen the whole thing without spoiling. I've seen all of season two of Bridgerton. How do I feel about that? Watching sixteen episodes now of this show. Before I get to that, so we know from season one. Lady Whistledown, voiced by Julie Andrews. We know who this person is. Remember Lady Whistledown is the one who has all the secrets of the hoi polloi, well, not the hoi polloi, the top people in this fictional British monarchical society. And remember, the queen wants to know who this person is. But we know. We know at the end of season one, when they revealed it at the end of season one, I was kind of like, did you want to reveal that so soon? Well, I'll say this right now. It's not a problem in season two. It actually kind of works that we know who it is. And the person who is Lady Whistledown, we know is connected to the almost penniless Featheringtons who live close to the Bridgertons, the titular family. Now, there is a new Lord uh, Featherington, I should say, coming. Because the old Lord Featherington, the father, is dead. The mother is, of course, very concerned. She's always been concerned. She has three daughters. None of, none of them are married. She got to get these girls married. She got to get some money. Who is this Lord Featherington coming in? 
What's he going to do with the money? Because they don't have any. They're losing servants. He's got to come in and deal with it. And, you know, one of the daughters is betrothed, but the dowry needs to be paid. It's holding up the marriage. What's the new Lord going to say about that? Now, this new Lord has been in the what we call the states and he has like a mine operation there so maybe you know he has the money but will he share it and who is he going to marry because whoever he marries will be the new lady featherington this is very serious but again the queen is on the prowl and this family may not know it but that might be trouble for them who else might be on the prowl Hmm. Watch out, Lady Whistledown. Now, in season two, there are the new kids on the block who've come from India, the Sharmas. And they are under the guidance of one of our favorites, Lady Danbury, played by Adjoa Ando. Now, Lady Danbury, remember, was one of the people who orchestrated the biggest wedding of season one. And that was between the oldest daughter of the Bridgertons, and, you know, Reggie John Page's slinking character that everybody fell in love with, the Duke. So Lady Danbury is now, you know, going to usher the Sharmas back into society because the mother, Lady Mary Sharma, she left in disgrace. Her family, they were wealthy. She said, forget this family. I'm going to marry the man I love, regardless of what they think. And we're in India. She has two daughters. How does she have two daughters, though? I won't answer that question. The older daughter, her name is Kate, and she's 26. She's a spinster. She's not married and she's 26. Oh, no. But she's not interested in her marriage prospects, producer. She's interested only in her younger sister's marriage prospects. Her younger sister's name is Edwina. And Edwina is, you know, all positivity and smiles and, you know, everything is just rosy in the future. Because she doesn't know how much is riding on her marriage, whoever it's going to be. But Kate and Lady Mary do know. Now, we know that the queen, every season, has a diamond. The young girl she bestows her, you know, aegis on and says, this is the one, the best marriage prospect of the season. Or as Julie Andrews calls it, the diamond. Who's going to be the diamond this new season? Because we also have the Bridgertons. Now, the oldest daughter married a duchess now, and she pops in and out just because. I mean, Reggie said, I'm not coming back. So she's just there. He's not there. Their kid is there. I was like, I don't even know why I'm looking at her. Now, <clears throat> the second oldest daughter. It's now time for her. But she's awkward when it comes to these things. She's not really interested. She has radical ideas, you know, that whole kind of thing. So is she going to make the same kind of splash? Because her older sister was the diamond in season one. Can she do the same? Can she even come close? 
Now she's friends, remember, with one of the Featheringtons, Penn. And Penn, remember, while being her friend, has her eyes on one of her brothers. Now, if we talk about the brothers, and we're talking about the older siblings, they're two younger ones that they just there. But the three older brothers, the oldest of all the kids, the oldest brother, the Lord Bridgerton, because the father died, and we see how that happened in this season. Anthony, he's decided now he's going to get married. He's all about duty to the family. Everything he does is just to make sure that all these people are getting what they deserve. Now, Anthony is like Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. He's that kind of person. Okay, so, you know, this isn't about love. And, you know, he wants to find just the the best wife in regard to what society would think. You know, someone who's amiable and learned enough and will keep the right house and be a good mother. He doesn't care about feelings. So Anthony's ready to go out. His um, oldest younger brother, he's an artist, and that's Colin. No, not Colin, sorry. That's the third, Benedict. He's an artist. He wants to do that. You know, he's the free spirit. You can imagine what he gets into. And he looks at his older brother and it's kind of like, you're not doing everything right. Well, the older brother, listen. Now, their younger brother under them is Colin. And Colin's the one that Penn has had her eye on. Does he even know that? He considers her close to him, a cherished person. But what does that mean? Because in season one, he wanted to marry somebody that didn't go well. There was a scandal, all this other stuff. This person is now married. And how does he feel about it? And he might be getting himself into something very dangerous by the end of this season. What is that? So all of these people are in the mix. People, of course, are going to get married. Who? There will be rivals. And the question is, Will they be able to get out of all the problems they found themselves in? Because when it comes to the Bridgertons and the Sharmas, there's a Pride and Prejudice storyline. It just is. That's what it is. But who are the players? And what are the twists and turns that the Bridgerton writers have in store? Because they're not just going to do literal Pride and Prejudice. Now, keep in mind that we have Anthony of the Bridgertons at the top. We have Kate from the Sharmas looking over her younger sister. How are they going to relate? They meet early on. Is it good? Is it bad? What's happening? Uh Uh-uh. So if we go back to season one, I think that the world building there, it's revelations. They actually led producer to slightly more depth in season two. I would say the show is probably improved and it will still appeal to many fans. Look at that, me being positive. Look at that. But here it comes. <laughs> the writing, it's not up to the task of keeping up with the best of the genre, i.e., Jane Austen. They need more ideas to keep things interesting. A lot of the characters just come across as annoying because the dialogue isn't clever enough. I've never seen Jane Austen stuff and go, oh, you're really annoying me now. Even when they're annoying characters because the writing is so good. It's clever. They, I mean, it. they can't do that here. 
So it's kind of like, okay, can we move on from this? How many times are we going to hear the same thing? We know. We know that women can't do what they want to do. We know. We know that, you know, there's duty to the family. We know. We know that society is such and such and such and such. We know. You haven't written that interestingly enough. And unlike Pachinko, this show wants to be now when it's set. I don't know when, but it ain't now. It's it's weird. I wish that writers would use their time, the time of their stories and their characters and respect them a little more and not worry about how the audience today is going to receive it. We'll receive it just fine. Mm-hmm. Be honest to who you've set up. At least be interesting. And they're not clever enough to pull this off. I was, I mean, after a while, I was just like, oh my goodness, can we move on? Oh, wow. Now. Do you think there's going to be a season three? Yeah, there will be. They have they have renewed this until season four. So yes. Oh. <laughs> now, okay. the problem is there's no joy in this in addition to it being repetitive. Now, when it comes to the romance, see, like the second half of season one and the ref and I would laugh about this all the time. It was a lot of, you know, slinking in the bedroom and, you know, literal, like, I would always do this to the ref and she would start laughing. People can't see what I just did, but it's just like... It's slinking, y'all. It's slinking. It's slinking. <laughs> I mean, and if anybody's doing this, those kinds of things in the bedroom, stop. I'm just going to say that now. Don't do that. <laughs> do not follow what Reggie was doing. Don't do it. It was ridiculous. See, this is stuff, if you like romance novels, I get it. You're reading this and you're maybe swooning, but this is ridiculous. If somebody did that in front of you, you would laugh. So in season two, there is less of that. I will say that. That's good. Less However, like... well, good for whom? I don't know. For their audience? I don't know. Maybe it's not good. Good for the critic if no one else. Better for the critic like if I'm going to watch it. Now, if they don't want me to laugh. However, there is a lot of romantic huffing and puffing. That's what I called it. Like a lot of producer, we get real close and our faces are really close, but we're not kissing, but we're like struggling. It was ridiculous. Like, I can't have a minute of people doing this. Either kiss or don't. Like at some point, you know, (laughs) it was like, okay, like how many times are we going to do this? Just get on with it. So it's a lot of heavy breathing and, you know, we're real close. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was just comical. The other thing I found kind of comical is they'll take producer like contemporary pop songs and turn them into a chamber piece. Uh-huh. It's hilarious. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Material Girl or that's Dancing on My Own or that's You Oughta Know. You Oughta Know. <laughs> We would have turned that into a chamber piece. I mean, this is hilarious. This is fun. This reminds sidebar. Uh-huh. This reminds me of this album that my dad had mm. that took um like hip hop songs, like the uh, like songs by Fifty Cents, and turned them into jazz uh, jazz uh, songs. It was hilarious. We'd be listening to be like, "What is this? Like a jazz saxophone playing uh <laughs> It's your birthday by Fifty Cent. It's hilarious. But yeah, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, so just listen, and you might catch something. Even still, after all of that, there remain these people 
that I can always count on. Julie Andrews as the narrator, the voice of Lady Whistledown. Even though we know who Lady Whistledown is, she continues that work. That's always fun, the diamond. We also have the queen, who's always fun, played by Golda Rashuval. Love Golda. Golda's always looking and thinking and going, hmm, fun. Fun, 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 fun watching her. And of course, I said Ajoa Ando as Lady Danbury and her cane. I mean, you don't get in the way of that cane and everything else going on. So I enjoy them. And this is what I would say now to all of you. I have three recommendations, let's say, producer. Number one, if you liked the first season and you like Pride and Prejudice, if you happen to like both, I think the second season of Bridgerton will certainly work. If you like the first season, but you don't like Pride and Prejudice, if there's such a person, the second season might not work so well because you don't have all the slinking. You don't have the ridiculous boudoir-obsessed nonsense. It's not as much of it. Now, the last recommendation is if you didn't like the first season, but you do like Pride and Prejudice, the second season might be an improvement. The question is, will it be enough of one? Okay. I, if season three, am I going to watch? I have no idea. I, what's next? We're going to move on because critics struggling over here. All right. So we're going <laughs> to gonna wrap up it's not bad it's just oh, i know what you mean i get it yeah, I, mean, I haven't watched any of it so i have no are you no. going to no <laughs> not, i mean not at this stage in my life now as we continue to evolve as people maybe one one season what does that mean <laughs> in this season of life i'm not inspired but who knows what happens later <laughs> all right so, part three, South by Southwest coverage here. The Why Watch That Talk. So, South by Southwest has officially ended, but our coverage has not. We still have a couple of more things that we wanted to, to chat about. One of them being another thing coming to us by Apple TV+. Plus. Things are really heating up over there. Uh, Shining Girls, this is a TV show uh critic had an opportunity to see three episodes of this actually saw four okay four cool Mm -hmm. of this um thriller horror uh sci-fi tv show written by uh well directed by michelle mclaurin starring elizabeth moss jamie bell wagner mora um, and other others in this cast. So, yes, Critic, let us know what you think about this one. Yeah. And this is also based on a novel called The Shining Girls mm-hmm. uh, by Lauren Bukes. And it's created by Silka Louisa. I like that name. Mm-hmm. Now, the first three episodes will premiere. That's what's happening there, producer, on Friday, April 29. So that's a ways away. But it was at South by Southwest. And here's what's happening in the first half. Because I saw the first four. And then there will be eight total. We start, let's say, in 1964. And as a strange dude, played by Jamie Bell, he walks up on a little girl who is playing on the front steps of her house. 
Okay. Why does he walk up to her, start talking to her? He does this thing like with a bee. What's happening here? And he leaves the little girl with something. What? She doesn't want it. But he says they always, they always take it. Weird. Now, this little girl wisely, when he leaves, gets up and goes inside. I hope she goes to get somebody. Yeah. We also, after that, go to 1992. And we meet Elizabeth Moss's character, Kirby. Now, Kirby's planning to leave her job as an archivist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Okay. And she's going to Florida to live with a cousin. So she's leaving her mother, her mother's fear, and her mother's played by Amy Brenneman. Why? Well, mom is free and easy, maybe too much so. Kirby, in contrast, is highly organized. Now, is this just a personality thing or is there more going on? Because Kirby has trouble remembering what's real and what's not. She'll think that someone in front of her is a certain person and they're really not, there's someone else. And then she'll come to and go, oh no, who are you? And they're like, wait, what are you talking about? What's wrong? Now we find out that six years ago, unfortunately, Kirby was assaulted and she has a new identity. Her real name is not Kirby. Now the issue is she doesn't know who this assailant is, what he looks like, none of it. The only thing she knows is his voice. Now, to help her keep track of important facts, she keeps a diary. She notes where she lives, with whom she lives, what kind of pet she has, and so on. Imagine that. And imagine if you're in that state of mind and you're trying to say, this is what happened to me, how people would receive it. How could the cops receive that? Now, also at the paper is intrepid reporter Dan played by Wagner Mora, who, if you're going, Wagner Mora, who's that? He was Pablo Escobar and Narcos. That's Wagner. Now, he doesn't have the paunch and all of that (laughs) to play Escobar anymore. (laughs) And, of course, this reporter, he doesn't follow the rules. His career has been sidelined. What happened in the past to sideline it? But, of course, he has all this talent. And he's trying to get back into the mix. Now, the editor of the paper, played by Erica Alexander, she she was in that other show I talked about at South by Southwest, the Hulu one, I mean, the Roku one, that one. It's good to keep seeing her. She's the editor. She knows Dan's talent, but she's wary. Why? Now, how are they all going to come together? Because Dan gets a scoop. There's something going on in the tunnels of Chicago. They found a body. What happened to this body? How did this murder occur? Who's behind it? How does that connect to Kirby? Because what happened to Kirby, can you work on a story and be a source? Is she a reliable source? And Dan doesn't know her, but he will. Now, there's also Dr. Jinsuk, who's played by Philippa Sue. Now, if you're going, who's Philippa Sue? She was in Hamilton, the original cast. Tony nominated. Okay. The one who marries Alexander Hamilton, her. So this doctor is a scientist who's an expert on stars. 
you know, she like works at a planetarium, that kind of thing. But she's researching and investigating the trajectory of stars and all that kind of stuff. And she'll, you know, give talks to people who visit. And she's no nonsense. And you might be watching the show going, why do I, why is she in this story? I, <laughs> I don't just even connect. That's the question. Because things get stranger and stranger as Kirby and Dan unearth the truth, whatever that is. Strange. You said, along with this being in drama, producer, you said horror and sci-fi. Keep that in mind. This all connects, but how? How could it? Can we trust anything we're seeing? That's a question. And here's a question. How can people pop up in different places at different times? How is this possible? Because when you're watching this, some of the events don't line up logically, chronologically. Why is that the case? So it is a crime thriller with a sci-fi storyline. I didn't give it away, though. Now, what I would say is the word that comes to mind is intriguing. This is definitely good. Again, Apple TV Plus, they're not playing. But a part of me, producer, thinks that it could be even better. Now, it's just the first four episodes I've seen. What I was thinking is the threat could be more immediate at times, which would make it more compelling instead of just interesting. But it is another win, even based on the first four episodes for Apple TV Plus. Strong cast, Elizabeth Moss, Wagner Moore, Jamie Bell, and so on. They're not playing. And the writing is good. And I will say there's a reason why Apple released the first four out of eight. There's a reason. Now, they may release more as we get closer to April 29th. But there's a reason why this early they said, let's give them four. Because when you get to the fourth episode at the end, you go, oh, oh, oh. Now, if you're thinking, wait, would this be for me? Think about it this way. It's like if you take True Detective, but make it lighter on its feet. That's this. Okay. Next. Now, what do you think, producer? You know, you got to give your opinion. (laughs) After that, would you watch Shining Girls? I know Elizabeth Moss is in there. You like Elizabeth. I like Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Um, I would would watch it. It sounds interesting. Yeah. It is. Like when you go, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) oh, this is the explanation. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I would, I would definitely, uh, I definitely take a, take a look at this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to get any work done watching all this TV, but. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Next up on the list. Uh, Halo. Another TV show, South by Southwest. Uh, It's a Paramount Plus show. We got to see, we got to see one episode, right? Uh, I saw two. Two. Okay. So two episodes. Um, Another one of these horror thriller um, this seems like the trending genre. It's not horror, you know, it's we'll call it horror. It's sci-fi. It's sci-fi. sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still like in the same vein. We keep seeing a lot of things in this, in this uh, like I say. Yes, and I'll get to that. There's a lot in this genre. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's directed by Otto Bathurst and uh starring Pablo Scribner, Natasha, Natasha Mc. Mechalo, mm-hmm. um, Jen Taylor, and a bunch of other people as well. So, yeah, critic, let us know what you think about this one. Now, this is based on the video game, okay? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So that Halo, 
And they've already renewed it for season two before the premiere of the series over there at Paramount Plus. Now, the year is 2551 or something like that. So it's the 26th century. And we start on a desert planet. Water is a precious commodity, of course. And think like Star Wars, where you have all these planets throughout the universe and they all provide different things. So that's this planet. It's an outer planet. We know what happens on outer planets. There's always a resistance and, you know, that kind of thing. So on this planet is a general and his daughter, Quan. They're part of an insurrectionist resistance on the planet, as I said. Now, there's this whole thing about, uh, are they going to believe essentially the central government, its uh, messages, what it says is going on. Now, this central government is called the United Nations Space Command. They're located on a different planet, of course. So we hear this argument on this planet. Some of the people are going, wait, okay, comparing Marines, which we know, to Spartans. Who are Spartans? Now, this isn't like from Sparta, (laughs) okay, The Spartans, they say, are like almost people who've been manipulated to be immortal. And they're soldiers for the UNSC. But the Spartans are enemies to the people on this planet. Why? So they don't trust this government. And this government has told them that there is an alien threat. The aliens are coming for humanity, and this alien contingent is called the Covenant. Is this true? Do they exist? Well, I mean, you can imagine what the real truth is as a story. Now, right. when it comes to Quan, she's out playing with friends. She spots a ship, and she gets real nervous, scared. Who or what is in that ship? She tells all her friends, run, 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 run. What happens? You know it ain't good. An invasion is commencing. Will anyone survive? And in the midst of this invasion, we see the Spartans. They come. They come for what purpose? Are they there to help? Or are they there to hurt? And there's Master Chief Spartan 117. And this is Pablo's character, who was in Orange is the New Black. He was that that crazy uh, CO with the mustache, him. That's Pablo. See, the producer's going, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. Mm -hmm. So he's the master chief. And he has a name in the alien world. The aliens, are they real or not? But the aliens call him Demon. Now, there is Dr. Catherine Halsey as well, played by Natasha. And she calls him John. Why? Well, she's the one who's in charge of the Spartan project. She's a maverick doctor. You know, she doesn't always follow the rules, but she's kind of indispensable. So it's always that tension with her and the higher ups. And she has created something new, an upgrade for the Spartans. And it's called Cortana, who is in the games. And the person uh, playing Cortana plays Cortana in the games in this show. So that might be fun for people who like the Halo game series. What is this upgrade, though? What is this Cortana? It's kind of like 
Minority Report-ish. Ish. Okay. Now, while on this planet during this, you know, cataclysmic event, Master Chief finds something. What secret weapon is this? What does it represent? It certainly has an effect on him. When he touches it, it lights up. No one else can get it to do this. What is lit? What do we see? And what does he see as a result? Now, when you're a Spartan, you do what you're told. That's what you have been trained for and manipulated to do. So how does this whole device affect that kind of communication? Now, in order to get some answers, John goes to an old friend of his, someone he hasn't seen since his days as a, in training as a Spartan. And this friend's name is Soren, played by Bo Keem Woodbine. Oh, yes. Good to see Bo Keem. Bo Keem and Erica Alexander, they, are, they have come back and they are working and they deserve it. So Soren goes, okay, there's this certain person who was in the alien's clutches. Maybe he can explain. And there's this thing called the ring. So, okay, this device is very important to the aliens because they have like this religion. And there's like, that's what Halo, Halo is something they believe it's something, but it's really a weapon. But it's this weapon you can be in, like live in, all very like alien kind of stuff. So obviously the Master Chief has some connection to this. Now, when this certain person sees the Master Chief and hears and, and knows what he can do, what's the reaction? I'm going to tell you, the actor playing this person is playing crazy, which is easy to do. It's a common mistake for actors, but they just play crazy. I could do it right now. If y'all want to pay me to do that, do it. Just give me the lines. I don't have to do any work. I'll just dart my eyes around and, you know, scurry around and act crazy. The, the key is to find the logic in the crazy. That's what you have to do. If I'm cowered down on the ground, why? What makes me do that? If I'm darting my eyes, why? Maybe I see something. It can't be dart around and act crazy just to do it. Common mistake. I was looking at this like, oh my gosh. Like if we were in acting class, the teacher would go, hold on. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, but people get away with this all the time. No, no shade to the actor, but I'm calling it. And now let me move forward in my review. Star Wars, I said, comes to mind. Dune, therefore, comes to mind, which Star Wars was based on, in part. A bit of Star Trek, of course. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. And on and on and on and on and on in this genre. Now, to be fair, I won't compare this to movies, so I'll compare it to The Mandalorian and Star Trek Discovery. The effects here need to be a bit more sophisticated. Now, I can see the video game inspiration because this is like, you know, a single player shoot them kind of thing from the original. I don't know how it has developed. So I understand that it makes sense, but it needs to be elevated a bit more given the other options we can watch. It doesn't look bad, but they they just need to do it better, especially during the action sequences. Like some of the movements of the Spartans and everybody else, I was kind of like, oh, I see the video game, but we need to be better. Now, I don't know. Maybe the video game is even better than that. It could be right now. It could be at this moment. Mm, I don't know. 
Now, the focus on the teen characters, because in addition to Kwan, who's a teen, there is um, another teen that's in the whole UNSC and the father is involved with her and, you know, this whole thing. It lessens the story for me. I don't care about these teens. I don't care at all. I don't need to see them. They don't add anything. It's just, let's have some teens so we can get that kind of demographic watching. No. So it like takes away from the power Mm -hmm. of this. And I was just like, "Mm." (laughs) I mean, like, let them be on the CW. I don't want to see these people. No offense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) See you though. And, And just so people know, if you played the video game, this is not connected to it. So the storylines in the video game, this is not a continuation. So just keep that in mind. Now, if you haven't played the game, what that means is you can follow what's going on without knowing what the game is about. Um, but just keep that in mind, my friends. They they want to have two separate like storylines. So, you know, they don't have to, one doesn't have to affect the other. So that's why we get these teams. Because really the game is Master Chief and then you get Cortana and that kind of stuff, which makes sense. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really get, it's just like in DMZ where the source material is popular for a reason. Stick with what they did. Why are you changing the focus for your own purposes? Why don't you just write your own thing then? Anyway, so there we go with the teens. So what I would say is this is the kind of show that needs to have a lot of action to keep you from thinking too much about the lack of a compelling narrative. And this could have a compelling narrative. But it doesn't so far, according to what I've seen. Now, what I would say is maybe if you like Star Wars and a lot of stuff on Sci-Fi Network, this might work. But so far, it's a missed opportunity for me. What do you think, producer? You ain't watching this. Now, this is not in my wheelhouse at all. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Expand on that thought. It's just just not my thing. I'm so disconnected from most things connected to like comic books and video games that... (laughs) It's just got. It has to look really cool for me to even give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. <laughs> that that's, you're not gonna be like, ooh, yeah. you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So every now they have a sequence, and I go, okay, that's you know up to the standard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody will be watching it. Oh yeah. Cool. How long though? Hey. Okay. What's the uh, what's that that Tootsie Roll pop? The world may never know. Um. You are showing your age. You know, I think that I think they brought that classic commercial back recently. I think I saw it somewhere. Really? With the owl, the one, the the two, a three. Yes. Ow! How many licks does it take to get to the center of a two? Yes. Oh, that's funny. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.